This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Pastor Sandy didn't mention it, but uh, um, we won't wait until the first Sunday. That's coming up, uh, Mission Sunday. But the report on the missions uh, giving the goal was met uh, for uh, to take care of the uh, the business we had over there in um, Pakistan, and we're thankful to God uh, for that. You know, uh, these are challenging times. Not, you know, in America, we're very, very blessed. And, and we have uh, an option to, uh, to be a blessing to those that uh, perhaps find themselves in a more difficult situation than uh, what we're in. But we're, uh, gosh, you just go, guys, to the grocery store. such an abundance we live in. We live in an abundance. You just go to your cupboard and your freezer and things like that. And just God is a God who has been good to all. Isn't that right? He doesn't check you out the door to find out if you're a card-carrying Christian, does he? <laughs> he just stocks the shelves uh, and does what he does because he's good. The Bible says he is good to all, and we're grateful for that. But thank you so much for your consideration. Uh, and being a blessing uh, to others. And there will be people uh, as a result, as a direct and and indirect uh, result. You will have a harvest in heaven because you've been a help here in advancing the kingdom of God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Think of that. You know, I I cannot think of any greater investment than in what God is doing and participating as a partner uh, with him. You know, your, your life, uh, you are called to a greater work than just what you do, quote, for a living. You and I uh, are called to a giving uh, that God uses uh, within, in, and measures in an eternal, eternal multiplication. I don't think there's anything greater than what God is doing. We'll just let that kind of settle and sink in. That's something to think about. Amen. And it's a good thing. Every When I think about the goodness uh, of God and what he's done for me, boy, I came a beggar, but he turned me into a believer. Amen. Are you listening? But I don't get so far in my believing that I don't remember what it was like when I came to him, and I was just a beggar. Amen. Amen. And uh, he didn't treat me that way. I said, he didn't treat me that way. He treated me like a 10 when I was a minus (laughs) 5. Aren't you glad? Well, somebody ought to get a little happy around here. Uh, Like uh, Pastor Sandy, we're glad to be here. I was thinking about this one, walking across the lawn, you know, except God build the house. 
they labor uh, in vain that doing it. Except you're drawn by the Spirit of God. It amazes me every uh, week that anybody comes at all. Now, we expect God's going to show up. We know we're going to show up. But past that, we have no control whatsoever over any of that. So uh, thank you for being here today. We don't take that for granted. It's a wonderful thing. Let's make good use of the time that we do have together. I want to continue uh, on this uh, theme of restoration. And remember we said it was a journey. The title today would be a major interchange. We're in the book of Ruth in the first chapter. And we're going to take a look. You know, life can be uh, considered uh, like a highway. And we're going to look at an intersection. I have no other instruction uh, to go in a different uh, direction. It's interesting that, you know, sometimes I go YouTubing. Anybody ever been YouTubing? You know, some people go, uh, you know, intertubing, all that. Sometimes I go YouTubing. And, you know, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on YouTube, whatever. But happenstance upon these uh, videos by these guys that are, are you know, kind of adventuring and discovers and uh, they, they, um, they delve down into these old old mine shafts where old mines that at one time were uh, you know uh, productive where they mined out silver and mined out copper and mined out gold and uh, different uh, minerals and boy it's so interesting that it's just sometimes just this little opening uh, you know at the entrance but boy they get down in there and they go down hundreds literally hundreds of feet and at those levels they would go out sideways and they would and they uh, and they mined out veins that they found well how did they discover it the vein wasn't on the top it was that they found a few uh, um, evidences uh, examples little little nuggets if you will and they just dug a little deeper so I I, I don't you know uh, I don't think that uh, um, the Lord minds us mining out of the book of Ruth here right now. I have no other instruction to go in a different direction. I think there's a lot uh, of what we need to be discovered uh, right here as we just dig a little deeper. So I'm going to give you a review. And um, before we do, let's. I want to pray. Very specific, simple prayer. I'm asking the Holy Spirit uh, to put God's super on the natural of both the speaking and the hearing today hearing be healed in Jesus name today as we look to see and to hear what the spirit of God is speaking saying to us as a as a church and we give God all the praise and the glory and honor for that won't we amen you didn't come to hear me. You came to hear the voice that's hopefully within the voice. You came to hear from God. And I believe you'll get what you came for. If you didn't come to get nothing, there's better ways to spend our time. <laughs> Isn't that right? Well, it's hot at the house. It's air conditioned here. Welcome. We, we're glad for it. Amen. Uh, but you know, you could go away with more than you expected. When you hook up with this Jesus who is here to give us eternal life and, and uh, abundant life, he said, more than you expect 
to the full, life to the full till it overflows. So uh, I like at the table that the Lord sets before us. You know, you pay one price and it's a buffet. You can have all you want. And you can even put enough on your plate. They'll, 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 you know, around here we don't mind. We'll give you, we'll give you, uh, the Lord will not withhold any good thing. So if you pile your last plate high and can't eat but two bites and plan on taking a whole lot home with you, that's all right. It's included in the price that Jesus paid. One price paid all. For all. You can have as much as you want. All right, so I suggest that, did you come hungry today? Uh, did, did, you, did you come with a, just a, either a need or a desire, even a longing or a craving? Boy, I'll tell you what now, uh, I just need something that will satisfy me. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to look the buffet over while I'm here, and I'm probably discovered that the Lord has laid it right out there for me, and I can have all I want. Amen. And don't begrudge your neighbor now. They can have all they want. And, and if, it's, if, it, if it's just the scrapings in the pan, wait a while. You know, uh, God's got a whole lot of more where that came from. Where that came from. Amen. <clears throat> so you may not like everything. You might skip over some. But remember that them, them black eyed peas may be somebody's favorite. <laughs> not just yours. And if you don't like peas, it's all right. You know, there's butter beans. Cornbread and turnip. Pastor, why do you talk like that? Because I'm blessed in the country. You know, I mean, are you listening? There are folks that, you know, uh, like caviar. I never had a taste for it. You know, I prefer the catfish that maybe laid the eggs. Let's move forward, shall we? Deep old... Just a deep old pool we might drown before we get back to shore. Um, we see in review Naomi and her daughter-in-law, Ruth. Remember, one daughter-in-law decided differently. And uh, God always allows us to s- decide differently about direction for our life. If we so choose, it's ours to choose. But they had left the place where they had been living and and simply described life was hard. It was harsh there. It was hurtful there. And so they journeyed uh, to a new place. And I believe this. They were hopeful upon hearing that God was happening. And I'm going to interject the word here. They heard something was happening here. Not where they were, but a place called here. Where God is Now, God is happening here. And so that here was Bethlehem uh, of Judah, the place of bread. Now remember Naomi had left because it, uh, uh, it, uh, it was a time of famine. And there are different and various reasons why famine comes to a land or lack. Sometimes we get so... Uh, you know, um, we get so lax in things and abundance, we take it for granted and it's easy to forget God. One prayer that was prayed in the Bible says, don't make me too poor that I have to steal, but don't make me so rich that I forget about you. That's a good 
place to live in the balance, isn't it? Are you listening? God's not uh, a God of just enough. He's a God of more than enough, but not too much that, you know, uh, you and I would forget about him. And that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, sometimes we get to a place where we're not looking to God, but we're looking to uh, the, um, the stuff, the things the, that, uh, anyhow, that abundance brings. <clears throat> but the Lord wants us to live in abundance. He just wants us uh, to let him be our all in all, our everything, knowing it all came from God and it's all for God. Are you listening? When it don't have it, you can have all of it that you want or need. Amen. So, um, in a little side note here, I just really felt this in my spirit today as I was going down to the farm. That's part of my preparation early in the morning. I love the peacefulness of early, early in the morning before the world gets a stirring. I, I, I like to spend time with God. Part of that routine is after my Bible reading time and prayer time and journaling time with the Lord. I usually go down and check things first thing in the morning. It's a place of peace uh, for me. The Lord always goes with me and meets, and and we meet there as well. It's just as much a meeting place as any other place. You know, God can be in your everyday life. I want to tell you, as as a pastor, as your pastor perhaps, that, uh, you know, please don't limit God to, this is wonderful. It really is when the family gets together. Nothing like it. No substitute for it. However, we don't, we don't, uh, our prayers are not that you'll come to church. It's that you'll experience God all week long. All week long, so very strong. The Lord, in your everyday life. Because that's where we're a witness for him. Isn't that right? And he wants you to live a happy life. Have a happy life. Well, matter of fact, you know, without being religious with it, I'm just going to tell you, have a happy life. I bless you in the name of Jesus with a happy life. My blessings, may you have a happy life. Every day. Every day. Living in the happy ever after. Now, um, this thought occurred to me. You know, um, uh, and Naomi said this. She felt that God had abandoned her. She's much as said that and in so many ways inferred that, that God had abandoned her. Let me tell you, it's the biggest lie of the devil to tell you that God has abandoned you in order to get you then to abandon God. All right. I've seen that so many times. Um, uh, Pastor Ron referenced. He says, staying in love with Jesus. You know, somebody comes to me and uh, accuses Sandy of certain things. Here's the thing. Because I know her, I know the truth, and I can spot a lie. Quickly. Are you hearing? My heart trusts in her. See, I've learned to trust in Jesus. And so when the devil lies on Jesus, I know a lie from the truth. That's the thing. We need to know the truth for ourselves. When you know the truth, you're free from the lie, right? All right. They arrived uh, at 
harvest time. That's significant for us. We're going to pick up in Ruth, the second chapter, first verse. I love this. It's in the message Bible. It says, it so happened. Let me tell you this. It so happened. It so happened. You know, there's a plan for you. There's always been a plan for you. God has already put his purpose, his plan, his people in place before you ever get there. I just read this at the beginning. We go from Naomi and Ruth arriving at harvest time. And then we, we, we all of a sudden, we, the, the second chapter starts with the interjection about a guy named Boaz. And his name means in him is strength. And he's, the, uh, he's saying he's a close relative. He's the kinsman, uh, redeemer. We don't have time to unpack all of that. It said that he was a relative of Naomi. Uh, God just kind of strategically just says, now before we really continue, once we get you to the place of grace and the, and the time of harvest and, 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 and what happens next for you, he said, I want you to see it so happened. I've already done some things. I'll tell you, there's some things about to happen in your life out of what God has already done. You're about to, <laughs> we're going to go down a little further and, and uh, Ruth says, how does this happen? And it's because it so happened. Before you ever thought anything like that could happen, God made some things happen for you. Oh, I wish I could spend a little more time where that is concerned, but I'm going to wait and let God suddenly surprise you because you're going to find out that God has done some wonderful things uh, for you. If he, if he gave you Jesus, if he gave you Jesus, how much more freely will he give you all things? Everything you'll ever need. Now, now it, it, he starts us out, it so happened that Naomi had an advocate. Naomi had somebody. Naomi had uh, uh, what well, she didn't even really realize that she had. All she need, knew was that she had to get to where she needed to be. But when she got to where she needed to be, it had already happened that there was somebody there. Oh, come on now. Somebody was there before her. And God had already prepared this somebody and something and all of these happenings before she ever got there, knowing that one day he would get her to there and that Ruth would be with her. Please, somebody, be with me in this house today. I sense the Spirit of God speaking in and through this today before you ever got here. See, we, 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 we need to look and understand that God interjects himself. We see this and understand that God's purpose and God's plan and God's provision is in God's man. And that in Ruth's story, it was Boaz uh, uh, called the kinsman redeemer. In our story, let me tell you, his name is Jesus. He is God's man, the redeemer of all mankind. And he's already here. He's been in place all along. And it's not a happenstance or by chance that you and I are here today in this time, in this place of the great harvest, end time harvest of God. 
or that you're hearing what you're hearing. It so happened because God made it happen for you. I want to talk to you today about a direction for an intersection is in the second verse it says Ruth had, and I'm going to do a little play on words here. Ruth is in the middle of a, of a, of a, of a miracle and, and in the middle of a, a making of an inner change, an inner change for a major interchange where lives kind of coincide until they cross. Are you listening? And collide. Oh, I tell you, you need a collision with the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where his life crossed the line for you. And he's been working all this time to, that in our going along, you know, to kind of just make it and get along that he interjects himself and the cross comes into view and and we have to wonder about this man, Jesus. What do we have to do with you, Jesus? Well, the more important question is, what did Jesus have to do with us? Aren't you glad that God made it happen so it so happens that there is a Jesus and there is a cross and there is an empty tomb and there is the blood and there is the name and there is a promise for you and I that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but will have everlasting life, happy ever after, together with God, forever together. Aren't you glad that it so happened because God made it happen? Well, Ruth got up one day and she said, I'm going to work. Now you need to understand this. See, this girl was not a beggar. Are you listening? She's a believer. She says, I'm going to get up and go to work. I don't, I don't really need, I do need a handout, but, but I want it to be a hand up. I, I don't want just somebody knocking on the door. I'm not waiting for groceries to show up in my cupboard. I, 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 I need to find out what the op- what are my options and opportunities because you're never without a choice. You're never without an option and opportunity where there seems to be no way. I'll tell you, this one whose middle name is the way has already made a way. You just got to look for it. So she said, I, I, I'm going to work. See, because when you get into culture and you're in a harvest and you ain't got no harvest because you didn't sow any seed here. Does God still have a harvest for you even if you're a foreigner and you got here, uh, uh, you know, it's too late to sow and grow, but you, you always find yourself when you get with God, God is the Lord of your harvest. Say, Jesus is the Lord of all my harvest. See, see, see God, doesn't, God doesn't have to have it all. He encourages us. And, and there's a law in the land that says, now, now when you sow your field it said, and let it grow, it said don't, 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 don't harvest all of it. Leave the corners. Leave some for somebody else. Oh, come on now. Come on now. To be a giver, are you listening? A sower who has the option and opportunity to always be increasing. As long as you've got seed, don't worry, honey. Every need and every desire can be fulfilled. Listen, you don't just go there. You sow and grow your way there. But to live a life of a giver, don't, 
don't, don't consume it all on yourself. Have some kind of a plan for somebody who's not as fortunate as you. Always, always be able to give somebody a hand up. Always be able to have something to give somebody. I'm talking now. So she found out that, that you know, that was available. Pull together what dignity you have. After all, remember, you know, uh, she's a foreigner in that place. You ever been? You ever been someplace where it was all new? You were new, and it wasn't your culture. It wasn't your custom. It wasn't anything that you knew anything about. And boy, it's you know, you it's a humbling thing. You know, sometimes you have to Joe, excuse me, I beg your pardon. Can you tell me where the local grocery store is? I'm new here. I have no idea. This is Ruth. This is Ruth. You know, it's good sometimes to, you know, find ourselves in in God country, in God company, and just take the tack that, you know, well, I, I really, you know, I really don't know anything. See, well, then you're in a good position to discover everything, aren't you? Amen. So, She's, she says this, I'm going to work. These are what my options are. I'm going to work. I'm going to work. I'm going to do something. I'm not going to wait around for help. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to you know, uh, I'm going to, quote, try to help myself a little bit. Listen, don't, don't help yourself, you know, <laughs> to the, uh, from the point that, you know, you're going, to, you're going to do it all by yourself. See? But the biggest help you can be to yourself is look for God. What's God's plan? What's God's plan? How, you know, look to God. And she's in God country and God company, so how does God do it? Isn't that what Jesus said? If you're tired and worn out with religion, if you know you don't want to do church, how about let's do reality together? How about let's do real life together with a real life God and live for real for God? Isn't that right? Every day with God. So up she gets and she says this and to begin with, out of her own mouth she declared something and she said, I'm going to work and I'm going to find a field. I'm going to follow some harvesters. and Find someone that will treat me kindly. You know, church sometimes won't treat folks kindly if you're an outsider looking in. If you're not on the inside, if you're a foreigner in the land, how many of you ever been there and done that? You know what I'm talking about. Religion will not treat you kindly, will it? No, it, it, it just, you jump through one big hoop and it keeps making the hoop smaller and smaller and smaller. And here we are again, you know, oh, back to hard and harsh and hurtful. Where it come from? No, she said, I'm looking for a feel where I can follow some harvesters that will treat me kindly. Let me tell you, folks, you know, it's hard to treat other people uh, any different than how we've been treated. Aren't you glad that the Lord has been so kind to us? That when we go, God, I'm just a sinner, and he goes, and all your sins are forgiven. God, I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. He goes, that's all right, I have plenty. And I'm not going to leave you like I found you. God, I'm hurt and hateful. 
It says, okay, I'm the healer of the brokenhearted. And I'm here to tell you that hate will not keep you captive any longer. I'm going to announce freedom. I came to set the captive free. Aren't you glad the Lord's been kind to you? And try as we might to, you know, to stay the victim, the kindness of the Lord has made you more than a conqueror and you have victory in Jesus. Even when I don't feel like it. Even when it don't seem like it. Even when it don't look like it. It's still true. He did that and made it happen for you. Before you ever got to that low place. He esteemed you so highly that in Jesus he, he lifted your life out of the miry clay. His plan was never to leave you where he found you. He'll lift you out of the miry clay and set your feet on the rock. And put a new song in your heart. Even a, a, a song of praise him. The Bible says. And sinners will hear it and give glory to God. Hmm. Amen. Aren't you glad? My theme, thong, my, th- my, th- my, my, my theme song used to be. You know we just thought we was. You know we was. <laughs> we was like we was. When. When we were little, we'd go and sing songs. You know, uh, uh, Mama and Aunt Jen would play the uh, play the guitars, and we'd sing, "I'm little, but I'm loud. I'm poor, but I'm proud. I'm countryfied, and I don't care who knows it." I got to thinking about that. You know, I don't I don't want to be poor or proud. Amen. I got a woman that's little and loud, but I don't want to be poor nor proud. <laughs> I love you, baby. You know, you are the bestest. You really are. Amen. See me later. I'll explain it fully. Glory to God. This beautiful lady walking around with me. See, I just made it all better. That smile, whoo, it makes it all worthwhile. Boys, take a lesson. Amen. If you run off in the ditch, here's how you get out. <laughs> Any men ever run off in the ditch once or twice? Come on, boys, show your hands if you ever did. No? Only me. It's okay. Couple of you. Couple of you go like this. Yeah, pass that. But I don't. If I can't let her see, she'll think I'm weak. Oh, she knows you. Don't you worry, buddy. She knows you. Amen. Someone will treat me kindly. So it says she set out, and she started gleaning, and she was following the harvesters. You know, uh, in this world, there are those, there are all kinds of different fields, aren't they, with all kind of different harvests, and there are all kind of different harvesters to follow after one says, now this this is the good stuff. This is what you really need. This is what you uh, should do. And it says she followed them, you know, and and uh, I don't know if, if she wasn't getting much out of it. You ever you ever been in situations, some feels that you just weren't getting much out of it. And you uh, so she kept moving on and then she found herself, the Bible says, in the part of the field that was owned by Boaz. Now she didn't know Boaz from Boo Boo. But she found herself in the part of the field 
owned by Boaz. You know, uh, uh, in, in just trying to make a living, all, I found myself in the company of one of them crazy Christians. You know, the kind that's uh, not ashamed. You know, they talk about Jesus and you go like, now, now, now hold on now. See, when you say Jesus, I, I'm, you know, that's, that's a little too much for me. Have you ever found yourself and thought quite accidentally but, and coincidentally, but perhaps it was very purposefully, it just so happened that God had set somebody and God had directed you out of necessity or desire or both and you find yourself in the company of some of them crazy Christians. You know what I'm saying, the ones that take God so seriously that they mention his name outside of the church building. Uh, They might even read their Bible at lunchtime. They may go so far as to quote a scripture to you and you know you don't want to hear no scripture because we're afraid of God. We hide ourselves from God. But God always comes a-looking for us, doesn't he? And God will always find us, won't he? And God's not there to do us anything but good, isn't he? And so she found herself there. And so uh, I love I love this between the 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 first verse and around the tenth verse where it says it so happened there was a Boaz and then we go down and we find where Ruth says how does this happen? Shall we get back down into what's happening now? Have you ever wondered what's happening in my life? Have you ever wondered that uh, about what's happening with, I mean really happening with people that you love or that you care about? That they're showing all the symptoms of, that they're broken. They're hurting. They say they're fine, but you just sense they're not. Eventually she ended up the part of the field owned by Boaz. I'm going to tell you, eventually, every one of us ought to wind up in the part, in the place, with the people that Jesus owns. That belong to Jesus. It says a little later, Boaz shows up. He notices Ruth. That's a, how does Boaz shows up? I like this. You can tell. You know, Bible says he's an honorable man. He's a wealthy man. He's a good man. And he says, "The Lord be good to you. The Lord bless you." He said to the harvesters, and they. Replied to the Lord, and God bless you. The normal greetings and all of that, you know, the owner surveying, the guy that, you know, owns the harvest, sur- uh, surmising everything that's going uh, on. But uh, as he's looking out over there, there, 
there's just this one. He notices. He notices Ruth. And he asks his harvesters about her, and he's informed about her. You know, do you see this, that Jesus notices you? And that Jesus asks about you? He asks the harvesters who inform Jesus about you. Let me, do you understand that somebody is praying for you? Somebody has prayed for you? Somebody is praying for you. Somebody will pray for you. Do you know that you've caught God's attention in this time of special attention? How is it that he notices this one? Well, you know, I just believe that God is the ultimate matchmaker. I need to drill down on that a little bit, ladies. You know, uh, God has a plan that includes a man. And at the right time and in the right place and in the right way, God will make him notice you. God will point you out from among all of them. He notices Ruth. Oh, businessman, I want you to know God noticed you and at the right time and the right way. Are you listening? God has people for your life and a plan and a purpose and he'll cause you. Are you listening? Amen. God notices you. And he's asking about you. Let me interpret that for you just a little bit. When God puts somebody in your heart or you notice somebody, sometimes it's even through an offense, through a happening that may not always be positive, but negative. And God's just waving and saying, did you notice this? Did you notice them? Hmm? What about them? And the what about where God is concerned, where are you with Jesus in relationship to Jesus? You might be going to church, you might have a long heritage and might have a chair with your name on it. A place to sit with a gold plate or a brass plate. In lumbering memory of, you know, your entire lineage. Well, I'm going to tell you what now, if you don't know Jesus, that is not going to do you any good. I'm not being mean, I'm just saying, I'm challenging the religion with a relationship because it's only the relationship where Jesus said to them that said we did all this in your name this and that and the other thing all the religious things and he says yeah but I didn't know you we didn't have a relationship here you just did that using my name but you didn't do it for me or with me I don't know you and this is what eternal life is to know him really know him Here's Boaz. Here's Jesus. Who's that? Where did they come from? Do you know God cares about where you came from? God cares about where you came from. But he cares more about what's next and where you're going from here. So the harvesters informed Boaz. And you know, we as, as followers of Jesus, we should be, consider ourselves harvesters of his harvest, working in his fields. 
And we should be able to know and understand there will be foreigners among us. That God has a purpose and a plan. That when we, that when we, when he asks about them, that we should intercede for them. We should be praying for them. Well, the, the foreman knew all about it, didn't he? He said, well, this is, that's, that's the girl that came with Naomi. The Moabitess, the foreigner, and, and she's been here in this field. She's been working hard now. I'm going to tell you what, she hasn't even taken a break. She's been working from the time she showed up to the time right now. I mean, like my daddy used to say, you know, now not for a girl, but for a boy, he'd go, boys, he said, we're going to put our heads down, take our shirts off, and sweat a while. We're going to work. And then I'm going to feed you blown-in white bread sandwiches at noontime. And then we go work till 10 o'clock. Anyhow, you know what I'm saying. Hey Amen. She's working. And, and listen, uh, <laughs> I like this. It says, uh, it says then. See, after he'd heard about her, it says then Boaz spoke to Ruth. Now this is, this is cross-cultural because, you know, uh, uh, men of his caliber don't speak with women. It's generally not, you know, accepted that, all that kind of stuff. So he hears about, he walks right over and he says, he, said, he spoke to Ruth. You know, I'm believing Jesus is speaking to hearts today, cross-culturally. Might not seem proper. You would not think that Jesus would want to talk to a foreigner. You wanna, we get so engrossed that, that we need to hear God. Let me tell you something. The greatest one, the greater ones that need to hear God are those that have never heard his voice before. And so he strides right over to her. Now listen, Ruth had never heard this voice before. Never heard Boaz's voice. Never had heard a voice like his before. And listen to what he says. He said, now listen, my daughter. Now that's quite a statement. I'm not going to unpack that. He immediately called her his daughter. He immediately included her. He immediately pulled her up into, you know, I'm not going to treat you like you're, like you don't belong here, like you're somebody who shouldn't be here. He called her, he pulled her in and connected her immediately. He said, now listen, listen. Isn't that what, what Jesus is trying to get us all into the place where we'll just listen? You know, sometimes we don't hear God speak because we're not ready to listen. So he says, listen, my daughter. And then he goes down. This is so powerful. He said, uh, uh, he said, from now on. Oh, I love the way God works. He don't talk about the past. He just says, from now on. Let's talk about what's going to happen next here. You're here. I'm here. What, what's going to happen next? From now on, don't go somewhere else. You don't need to go anywhere else. You stay right here in this field. And you stay close to my harvesters stay here stay close don't go anywhere else see because see when you're uh when when your life is in her when god's interjecting jesus into your life and 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 you're in the part of the field that belongs to him you don't need to go look anywhere else you'll find that to be true everything you need is found in him oh i love this I love this. He, he, he says, 
Now watch where they're harvesting and follow them. And don't worry about a thing, because I'm sure that Ruth had things to worry about. I've given orders to my servants not to rash you. When you get thirsty, feel free to go and drink from the water buckets that the servants have filled. Well, when she heard his words, look at her response. She dropped to her knees. You know, when I heard the words... When I continue to hear the words of one who is so gracious and so kind, in spite of all of my misunderstandings and misinterpretations and mistakes and missteps, he's still so kind. His, his words are filled with care and concern and grace and kindness. So she dropped to her knees. I think about Peter when Jesus filled his boat with fish and, you know, Peter wasn't believing anything. He was being, it was like, we, you know, we fished all night we got nothing preacher but at your word and the Lord filled his boat it's the goodness of God that changes people's minds and allows him to change their heart life doesn't have to be so hard I heard that this week. Boy, when I heard it, it, in my heart, you just drop to your knees. It goes, how does this happen? Because life has been hard. And life on this planet is harsh. And it's hurtful. And here comes this man. Are you listening? Jesus. With skin on in this situation. Sometimes he... Has skin on, sometimes he doesn't. Just that still, small voice in your heart. But you know it's God. We're riding in the car. I know you won't mind me saying this. We had just, you know, got out on the highway and all of a sudden saying, you know, she was quiet and her voice broke and she said, oh. you know, and uh, she said, she said, I'm telling you from, from, the, from the pit of my stomach she says it just come up all over I'm thinking oh my god she said I just felt hot and tears came to my eyes I'm thinking oh lord you know she's hurt and something's wrong and she goes and I just thought about how good God has been to us that our son is alive and all of these things you know when 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 you realize how kind God has been to you we fall down it just it just it just knocks you to your feet off your feet, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? I heard the Lord say, Life is not supposed to be doesn't have to be so hard. Boy, that's a new one, God. That's new. Well, Pastor, I thought you'd been a Christian. 
you know, for a long time. Well, so was Jacob. You know, when Pharaoh asked him how old he was, he said, he said I've had about 130-some odd hard years. <laughs> Anybody ever had some hard years? Trying to follow God? Trying to do life? Trying to make it? Are you listening? And you already have some hard harp happenings that were harsh and unkind? Hmm? Boy, I'm going to tell you what. Here's this girl. She says, how does this happen that you should pick me out and treat me so kindly? Me, a foreigner. Man, I'm going to tell you what. Now, what a place to jump off and you'll have to wait for Paul Harvey's the rest of the story, and I'm sure we'll get down into it. I'm thrilled with how far we've been already, but let me tell you, the Lord's picked you out from all of the others. Oh, there's nothing special about me. Tell that to the one that died for you. Tell that to the one who had you in mind before you ever crossed his mind while he was on the cross for you. I know it's very trite and it's a Christian saying that, you know, if you were the only one, he would have done it for you. But you know that's absolutely true. Somehow this God who, who has the, the, the zillions and jillions of people as someday, you know, we'll find out in the family that still he knows exactly where you are and he notices you and he inquires about you and he is speaking to you and what he's saying is letting you know that as Ruth how does this happen that you would pick me out that you God's not picking on you he has picked you out to treat you so kindly Because life does not have to be. And life should not be so hard. Because of what Jesus has done. He came to make it easy for you. To come to God. Well I can't come to God. I've sinned. He said all is forgiven. I've been so bad. It's the goodness of God. It's not your goodness. It's the goodness of God. I wonder if somebody's listening to me today. And I believe that there is someone. Someone that Jesus has noticed. And Jesus has inquired about. And Jesus has been informed about you. Somebody somewhere has prayed for you, is praying for you. And Jesus is speaking right now to hearts. Life doesn't have to stay so hard, so harsh, so hurtful. And just like in this story of Ruth, how about your story? When you didn't know him and weren't looking for him, he knew you, found out about you, and has come looking for you. 
And today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Let's be like Ruth. Just let him sweep you off your feet, knock you off of your feet, so to speak, because he's picked you out. Picked you out to hear this today. Whatever day you're listening to this. Picked you out of all. You're not a nobody. You're somebody to God. This is the beginning of a, of a wonderful love story that will unfold. See, this can be your new beginning. A miraculous intervention. A direction and an intersection. An interchange at an interchange for your life. Where you just move, where the traffic will move easily. You were going one way, now you can go another way. You can change lanes. Because God will change your heart. First he changes your mind. God is good. And he deemed you very good, good enough that he believed you should believe his love that he has for you and receive all that he has for you. Let's pray this simple prayer. Jesus, I believe you. I believe you love me. I believe that you're ready to rescue me, to redeem me, and make miracles happen for me. I thank you for the miracle of my sins being forgiven. The miracle of a new heart. A miracle of a new life that you're freely given. I receive it in Jesus' name. Come into my heart, Lord. Be Lord of my life. And I will follow you. I'm not looking anywhere else for anyone or anything else. From now on, I'm staying here. I'm staying close. Amen. All right, if you prayed that prayer, congratulations to you. That's the, that is the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. It's the one thing that changes everything else. So we want to help you if we can in any way. We're here to uh, help you. I realize that we're in a different day. Uh, a different time, you know, uh, um, and a different season uh, of the way that church was done and everybody gathering together. We're so glad that today that uh, we can come to you if you can't come to us until you can. We're, we're going to be here and keep on doing what we do and put, uh, uh, put these messages out to you. Believe that God's using it and uh, if uh, he's used that today in your life, if we can be of any further assistance to you, uh, we, uh, we most certainly will. And I, and I know this, this runs cross-grain of religion and theology and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, be a follower of Jesus first and foremost. Just be a follower of Jesus. You know, Jesus was in and out of a lot of churches. Read the Gospels, and I know you won't like that, but, you know, there's some places that, you know, didn't want him there. So he was in and out of a lot of different churches and a lot of different places. He'd, but he'd just have church wherever he was, whether it was in Simon Peter's house or it was in the field or it was at the seashore and he was in the boat. He just, 
He just, you know, called people to follow him. That's the call of God is to follow him. Amen. If you want, if you're looking to discover what you're called to, let me tell you and simplify that for you. You're called to follow Jesus. And perhaps someday, you know, he'll lead you to follow uh, him right here to this church. We'll be glad that you do uh, come. If you can come, if you will come, uh, we'll be here uh, for you. There's nothing like, you know, they never have had to call me too many times late for supper. Amen. I know where the good stuff is. And uh, uh, churches where the good stuff. We hope that we're getting some good stuff around here. But God is good, isn't he? Until the next time you remember this year, you are, you are so very blessed because of what Jesus has done. So you be at rest in that. Till the next time. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.